Kiora Koto no mai harimai. Welcome to Queenstown Live podcast. Don't even know what day it is. I think it's Friday. <laughs> oh my God, it what is. is the world? What is the world? Um, welcome, Victoria Harris. OMG, we got there in the end. We've tried <laughs> to do this. It's all good. Um, co-founder of the Cur- uh, Curve, Cur- co-founder of the Curve, uh, an education platform providing information for women on finance and investing. Oh, I love talking about money. <laughs> yeah, so do we. I love it. Uh, welcome. Tell us. Thank you. How, I always ask, how are you? And then, how are you? Yes. Yeah, no, there's the very much the generic response of, I'm good. And then, yeah, they're like, am I good? Um, no, but I am actually feeling really good. Um, it's been a hectic couple of weeks, but like you say, it's Friday and um, things are going really well and had some good positive meetings this morning. So yeah. It's always good. So you've yeah. got a very interesting background. Um, I had Nat on from Power Suit last week um, and oh, we cool. talked about, we laughed at her LinkedIn profile because I've known her a while and then I actually went and looked at it. And you know, when you go and look at your friend's LinkedIn profile and you go, what does that even mean? Yay. She's like, shut up. I hate LinkedIn. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself and then explain what the curve is for people. I I, I saw it, the green, yep. good color, my favorite color, yeah. and instantly was like, what is this? Yes. Yeah. So I guess a bit about my background is I um, started working in the finance industry, grew up in Auckland. Um, studied finance university and then found myself in the finance industry um, and being real noticed pretty much straight away that I was kind of the only female in the room um, a lot of the time or I was the only fe- the first female in my team like it was very very obvious the lack of females um, in the finance industry and then as I kind of progressed through my career, I was getting more and more of my friends and, and family members and just people in my community being like, hey, Vic, can I sit down with you for five minutes? You know, this investing stuff is super overwhelming and you seem to know what you're doing. And so I was like, I was like, yeah, okay, cool. And so I sat down with them. And then it was kind of a light bulb moment a few years ago of like, hang on a sec, there must be so many women out there that don't have a me that they can go to and ask these questions. Um, and so we set up the curve as effectively a education platform where women can go to learn about investing and finance and everything money money related and 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 in a really kind of non-scary and intimidating way because the other thing I've definitely found is that I don't know if it's by default but I think the finance industry makes itself seem you know makes money and investing seem very overwhelming and confusing and I don't know if it's on purpose or not but it um it is it, it can be a very confusing space and so we kind of wanted to bring investing to the masses um and have the approach of if you want to learn let, let us help you um and it's gone bananas really yeah. since, since the day we started and yeah kind of kicking myself I didn't do it sooner um but you know hindsight's a great thing but yeah no it's really been fantastic the response we've got and the feedback we get from our community and I mean it's my passion I've always kind of thought that this should be knowledge for everyone um not some exclusive club that um that I was privy to be a part of yeah for a number of years so yeah that's kind of how the curve started and now I do it with my business partner Sophie who yeah. has a creative background. So she's got a background in radio and um, TV, which is great. So it kind yeah. of brings that really 
fun and interesting um, side of a side of finance um, so that yeah, yeah, yeah. people kind of are learning without realizing they're learning. Which you are great. also still fun and interesting. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> and that doesn't all land on her. It's all right. It's We're all a bit right. of yin and yang. Like I'm the, yeah. I'm the brunette. She's the blonde. I'm the boring one. She's the creative one. No you way. Know, like but it's, you it's know, quite, it's quite funny. Back to what you were saying about language. I, I do think they do specifically use confusing language because yeah. it's like, it's like legislation. And I work mm. in the social sector and I'm a coach. So I, I work in, in ver- two very different, um sectors and i've yeah. noticed that when legislation comes out it takes you have to like cur- pull your way oh. through it to go oh that's what it means but it's confusing for a reason it's conf- i think it's confusing because one they don't want people to get access to certain information so that you know things will keep rolling mm. um but also that thing about women the 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 really it, finances to me was always this thing that somebody else did yes and yeah. a really interesting conversation nat and i from power seat we had last week about the fact that we, we nat said you know i think sometimes women bow out of this conversation because they just mm-hmm. leave it to their partner to do yeah and it's whether their partner's a man or not it, they yeah. just you know they just kind of go oh that's not mine and then when you put it to somebody well actually it's quite stressful so you'd want help in your relationship with certain things if something was stressful. Mm. And it's like, oh, yeah. And then when I actually found out about, my husband's been into investing in shares for years. Like he's very clever, yeah. in inverted commas, in getting on the train years ago. But then when he started to explain it to me in a language I understood, he's like, you, you don't have to start with a million dollars. You can literally mm. start with a hundred bucks. Like your Kiwi yeah. saver is a thing that we talk about a lot. Totally. So I think the fact that you want to do like it, you know, money to me is such an interesting, exciting thing to talk about with all its nuances and uncomfortableness and coming from different places. Yeah, definitely uncomfortable parts of it. But it's it's so true what you say. We're trying to kind of bring that power back to females and be like, you know what, don't just, you know, palm it off and, 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 you know, let it be your partner's or, you know, someone else's problem um, or like, you know, let them get clued up or, or learn about it. Like you can learn yourself and it's not, you know, it's not as confusing as it's made out to be. And I think when you're dealing with money and you're dealing with egos and, you know, people try to sound smarter than they are. And to be honest, you know, I've, I've definitely been around people that have no idea what they're talking about. And they just oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Throw around a few complicated terms and, I'm sure. you know, to make themselves feel smarter. And it's when you're dealing with money, there's a lot of that going on and it's, it's kind of breaking that down. But I think it's in any industry. Like I would sit with lawyers and they're talking lawyer speak to me and I'm like, excuse me, I don't get it. Can you just break yeah. it down? And I think yep. I'm very conscious of it now with the curve that, you know, to almost over explain something because I'd rather someone sit there going, oh, I, I understand that. Cool. Rather than sitting there going, oh my gosh, I don't even want to ask a question. And I'm no so way am I going to ask her because she's been talking yeah. about it for two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, yeah. I had a great example the other day, actually, I was getting curtains made and the lady came around and she was talking all this curtain speak about how you, how they connect. And I was like, sorry, I don't understand. Like, what does that mean in basic terms? Like just draw me a drawing or tell me how it works. And she couldn't, she was just like, she was kind of dismissive. And I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm going to find someone that can actually explain yeah. to you. Yeah, and it's right. so true. It's like, you have this way more accepting if you can understand or, you know. Absolutely. It, yeah, and it was just quite an interesting example. And I was like, gosh, I'd hate for anyone at the curve 
to think that and I'd rather over explain things totally um, it's so yeah. true I, I listened to a podcast this morning about um it was about transition and kids but it was for yeah. it was totally for adults but she yeah. talked about you know she said we always go on about self-care and being a parent but actually people don't understand what self-care is because mm. if your mum had no self-care and put everybody else's needs before her own and then got a bit like snappy when she reached the end of what she could take then you'll yeah. learn that that is what self-care is. Yeah. So we talk about go and do self-care. And then we actually think, actually, a lot of people don't know what that means. So yes. we have to start yeah. from a place of, well, what do you find interesting about that thing? What can you connect to? What? And that's the same, I think, with money. Mm. It's. I think most women would say, my, you know, if I've we've ever done programs and we talk about money all the time, yeah, it's always I want this. I want six figures, and then you say, "Well, why?" And they're like, "I don't know," <laughs> because yeah. everybody else does, and I just want to pay my credit card off at the end of the month. Yeah, we've definitely noticed as we've tried to broaden the conversation around finance and investing. It's we've we've opened up so many more conversations around. Um, you know, your your upbringing and, and how your parents dealt with money and their relationships and how their conversations went all the way to like dealing with conversations around your salary with your employer yeah. and, and just so many conversations that uh, that I've just found so incredibly eye-opening and because it, it is an uncomfortable conversation and yeah. it's like you, people don't like talking about money, but it's just the more that we can remove that that taboo or that shame and make money more conversational and you know more of a relaxed topic I think that's gonna you know empower so many people and 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 yeah just be amazing so it's kind of but it's crazy all the things you you learn um around money and the stigma around money and you know do I earn too much do I earn too little um yeah and I don't want to approach yeah. that conversation with my partner because you know I don't want him him or her to get you know, frustrated or annoyed and it's 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 so funny yeah it's so funny, sorry. it's interesting yeah in terms of your own money story because we've all got our own money story yes how has that changed through because I think sometimes we go oh yeah because you know I've, I've been learning about money for about probably about three years like really yeah. thinking about it and writing down how I feel and testing out prices and making more money and all that stuff going out and making myself have conversations and then you kind of go oh yeah I'm all right and then all of a sudden you'll still do work with other people around money and then something else will come up and you'll go ooh mm. ooh, yeah. what's that so how has yours changed in that short time that you've been doing this piece of work? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think um, I had, I was definitely more reserved in talking about uh, anything that came to money, uh, whether it's my salary, whether it's my spending habits, whether it's, you know, anything in that regard. I, when I started the curve was very, um, you didn't want to bring that kind of personal element into it. I was a bit, uh, didn't want to be judged in, in whatever way. And so I wasn't really kind of opening that conversation up, but was expecting our community to. And I think with Sophie's help, my business partner, and and also the rest of the community, it was kind of like, we can do this together. And it was kind of this opening up for me of like, hey, if I if I want to remove the judgment around money, then I need to, you know, be a, be a leader in this space, I guess. Yeah. And um I think it was more because I have 
historically earned more than my peers being in the finance industry. I had a lot of stigma around, you know, what that meant, you know, telling my friends what I earned or my partner or, um, you know, and how they would feel. Um, and so it was kind of, I kept that very close to, to my chest and wouldn't, wouldn't talk about it. And, and then now I've just figured, you know what, like I have, uh, Yes, I've earned a lot of money, but I've also invested a lot. And now I'm trying to give that back in terms of my knowledge to a whole lot of other people. And I think that's that's how I've kind of got comfortable with yep. uh, being more open is that, you know, I am trying my best to do to do good with my knowledge and my and my resources. And so, but yeah, it was it was really hard. And there's still some things that I will keep <laughs> will keep to my chest, but it's like you know, 10% rather than like hundred yes. percent. So it's yeah, but yeah, I'm learning yeah, yeah. No, and I totally. think yeah, and I think, yeah, I, I mean, I can't expect the audience to completely change overnight either in terms of what they're comfortable with disclosing or, you know, their, their money story. But um, yeah, it's it's definitely, I think we have got a really supportive community at The Curve and, and that has definitely helped. And everyone sharing their stories with us has just been so eye-opening, eye-opening and so incredible uh, that it's kind of made me realize everyone's so different and so different yeah yeah and 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 comes to it with so many stories of you know ex-partners or like my one of my ex-partners literally earned about six seven times more than me and we he used to make us split dinner and I look back now and I'm like and then I met my current husband I love that current love that current husband because I'm going to have a few in my lifetime Um, but I've never met anybody who talked about money so openly with me and was like let's explain this let's look everything that we earn is ours we put it together we you know we we talk about it we have a one credit card we did and nothing is well that's yours and this house is mine because I bought it so it was like oh okay this is awesome. Like, and it's also wanting to constantly learn. It's like, okay, if that makes me feel uncomfortable, what are the steps that I can learn and put in yeah. place? You know, if, if talking about finances with my partner makes me feel uncomfortable, the partner that I don't have, lol. Um, <laughs> Your imaginary um, partner. You know, yeah, my imaginary partner. But if that makes me feel uncomfortable, it's like, okay, well, what are some, you know, who, what are experts I can talk to or, yeah. you know, what can I, can I read up on and learn about and what are some steps and, and helpful, you know, tips I can put in place um, in order to help me ease, you know, the pressure when I do have that conversation or, or feel better about having that conversation. What can I learn? And so it's just kind of like breaking down those barriers, which are, instead of being like, oh gosh, no, I'm just never going to have that conversation. It's like, and it's the same when it comes to investing. It's like, oh gosh, that's way too overwhelming and confusing. Yeah. It's like, no, no, let's put in some some small steps or, or like, let's figure out what, um, you know, what, what you, what investing trends you can spot, or let's just start with a small amount. Or, so we're trying to, you know, come up with, you know, what is the roadblock for you? Um, or what is going to be that tipping point? It's actually going to make you do it. And you're going to feel so much better afterwards. Um, but let us help you and let us put those tools in place because there's going to be so many other people that feel exactly the same way oh um, yeah as yeah. soon as you mention it women go oh yeah, yeah. and you're like yeah, yeah, yeah I just yeah. have to share a little bit about myself and then you go yeah. oh yeah so in yeah. terms of women's first steps into and we you know I've talked about this before in podcasts about um you you can start with a hundred dollars you can go online yeah. and read the like um Nat did a session for us like a couple of years ago and she's like google is literally your best friend you can go and just start reading about all this free stuff that you can learn 
And then you can set up an account. It's really easy with one of the online apps. But in terms of, you know, current climate, oh my God, New Zealand, calm down at the minute with the weather. Yeah. In terms of women who are in a financial hardship, what are they best doing right now with their money? Yeah, no, that's a really uh, interesting question and one we've had a lot of um, recently. And it's it's hard to sit down and tell someone to invest their money when they literally don't have any money left over. Yeah. And we're seeing that more and more these days with inflation at ridiculous levels and just the cost of living going through the roof. And so we're trying to tell people that, um, I guess the, the narrative that we've we've historically told is that you know, make sure that you're looking after future you before current you. But that becomes very difficult when current you, you can't really survive with yep. current you right now. So um, one tip we've kind of said is that even if you're contributing, you know, if you're contributing $100 a month to your investments um, or, or you know, whatever your, whatever your investment is, whether it's, you know, saving for a, for a wedding or saving for your retirement or saving for your first house or whatever it is if you're contributing say a hundred dollars a month to that and times are tough and the, the key thing is to not stop investing as best you can reduce that amount to ten dollars a month just yeah. you know reduce it to to, to, a, to a smaller manageable amount if you can um, because I've definitely fallen, fallen prey to this and that's um you know, you stop investing for a couple of months or, you know, until your financial situation is better. And before you know it, it's been three years. Yeah, totally. And so <laughs> it's like, it's, going, it's really... like saying you're going to go back to the gym and yeah, then exactly, three years go exactly, by and then you yeah. don't. I'll just like, pause oh, no. my membership. Yeah, 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 I'll just pause it. I'll be back in two weeks. And they're like, whatever. So yeah. And so we just say, just reduce that amount. Even if it's to a dollar, like whatever it is, it because it's really hard psychologically to, you know, restart that investing and, and kind of re-miss that money. Um, if that makes sense. So we just try and say, you know, try and keep investing as best you can. Um, but yeah, the first step is to build up that emergency fund, which, yeah. you know, can be anywhere from kind of two to three months salary, um, which again, might seem a lot for a lot of people, but it's really good in periods like this, when you're feeling, you're feeling so, you know, underwater and things are feeling so overwhelming, you know, and you literally, you know, you might get, you might ding your car and have to fork out for insurance and that's just yeah like, and that's always the worry it's yeah. like well what happens if this happens i haven't got any, a surplus of money that i can just yeah. do that would you say you're better off putting it into investments rather than putting it in a savings account because i'm i'm very anti-bank like i hate banks yeah. at the minute i'm like god how much money did you make last year but yeah. i and i i never want to give them my money to just sit there I just yeah. feel like even if it's a high interest account, it's like, I really don't want to put it in there. But what if I, I know that if it's there, I can take it out at any point. Whereas with shares, I've, it's in there and I, well, you can take it out, but you kind of don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, 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 um, that's definitely something we get asked a lot. And I think it comes back to having the emergency fund and yes, putting it in a high yield account or putting it into a cash fund. So, you know, a lot of fund managers in New Zealand, will have cash accounts where that's effectively they're just they're just trying to get a really high high a high return by investing in really low risk assets so investing in lots of different term deposits so they're kind of working your cash uh, a bit bit harder than you yep. can by just yep. putting it in a high yield account um but having that emergency fund 
ready to go if you need it, um, rather than investing that money into the stock market. And then you might need it and your portfolio is down 20%. You have to pull it out. Um, is is really it's really important to have that that buffer of that emergency fund so you don't have to dip into your um into your investment account that might be in the stock market um, and you can actually hold that investment account for the for the long term and your emergency fund is for any kind of short term yeah um, whoopsie daisies that you yeah. might need or so like if, that. if yeah. I had an x amount to spend tomorrow who who would you go? What's your hot tip? Who's your hot tip? Well, te- I mean, Tesla sits like staring at us the whole time. Um, I have Tesla. I have Tesla shares. I was like, okay. I don't, but like yeah. very minimal. But I was just like, and we opened up and a really, really good thing somebody said to me, I've got a five-year-old and we opened up her an account when she was born and she's oh, got great. Rocket Labs shares. And we were telling yeah. her last night, you you own part of a rocket. And she's just like, shut up. Yeah. I don't even know what you're talking about. That's a really good way to get kids interested in investing though, yeah. is to buy things like buy shares and things that are cool and interesting, yeah. like a rocket or like, you know, Disney or, you know, Foot Locker if they're into like sneakers, you know, cool, cool stuff like that. Nike, because that's what's going to get them interested. It's not going to be investing in railroads and uh, right. yeah. utility companies or anything. So yeah. um yeah, no, that's really awesome that you've opened that account. But what I would say uh, is kind of a hot tip, I guess. It was funny. I had a friend yesterday. She called me and she was like, Vic, I'm about to walk into my investing club and I don't have any recommendations. Like, what can you give me? And I was like, oh gosh, way to put me on the spot. But what I said, I was like, look at the last 12 months and you know, maybe maybe look at the S&P 500, which is the top 500 companies in the US and look at the ones that have, done really badly in that that period and look at them and think is their business broken um and so the likes of netflix disney tesla like all those companies yes they've had really strong starts to the year this year but you know they their share prices you know fell off a lot last year and so it's looking at those companies and going okay their share prices are down but their businesses aren't broken what what can i you know, what, what companies do I know well just by using their products, for example, um, and what should I be investing in? Because, you know, buying a company that's done really well is great, but, you know, at some point it's it's going to have to, you know, at some point it's, it's going to you know probably not do as well. So, but it is hard because we're heading into a recession most likely. Um, so therefore more of the defensive kind of boring stocks tend to do well. So, but yeah, if we take and then- that long-term view... Totally. And and then, you know, company owners um, buy social media platforms and and don't, you know, you like stop talking on those social media platforms. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like we were like, shh. Yeah. (laughs) Stop. Yeah. As you saw it just went every time there's a like, I'm going to tweet my new thing. It's like, oh, stop talking. So, yeah. The other thing is, is kind of investing. Like we've, I mean, we've obviously seen what's happened in, in New Zealand over the last you know couple of weeks in Auckland and, and abroad um, and more broadly in New Zealand with the cyclone. And I just think, you know, one of, and I've kind of been saying this for years now about, you know, climate change being one of the biggest investing trends, but I definitely think this year is going to be a bit of a tipping point yeah. um, globally. Yeah, I agree. For a lot of investors, policymakers, business yeah. owners, customers to just wake up and go you know what like you know what this is real and right in front of my face and it's it's sad that it's not until it impacts you or it's close to home that sometimes that's the 
you know, the tipping point for a lot of people. Yep. But um, yeah, I think there's going to be, I mean, it's definitely made me be a lot more focused on that. Like, yes, I invested that way to begin with, but it's definitely been like, gosh, this we really need to. Oh, I totally agree. I totally agree. So So in terms of um, how you've got a classroom. Yes. So tell us, tell us about how people can get involved in that. Yes. Yeah. So we've got, we've just launched, we have two intakes a year. So one in March, one in September. Um, It's called the Curve Classroom. And the course within that is called the Foundations of Investing. And it is a six week uh, immersive uh, online course that I guide you through. Uh, but you do have lifetime access to that. So if you can't do it over that six week period, that's fine. We do have kind of live check-ins along the, along the way every couple of weeks just to make sure you know, you're know you not feeling overwhelmed or if you've got any questions. We've got exclusive podcasts um, just for the students that take the classroom. Um, and, and yeah, the, the, the doors are open effectively until it starts on the first of March so you can go in and and buy it uh, through our website and it is $699 but it is a very very useful uh, useful course if you're if you're going from kind of beginner all the way we we take you all the way through to through to kind of building a an actual portfolio so yeah no that's incredible and never say but you get it's like no no sorry I know $699 and you get and you get (laughs) but wait there's more (laughs) yay and there's more I love it okay are you ready for your quick fire round yes okay it's not scary honestly uh boundaries to me are oh gosh um good first starter of a question oh my god boundaries do you mean like <laughs> you can give a one word answer? You can give a sentence. Important. Okay, good one. Go. Uh, what's on your bedside table? Uh, a book about uh, manifesting. Nice. And um, a candle, and I think maybe a hair tie, a lamp. Yeah, pretty boring. Always stuff. a hair tie. Yeah. As I chuck yeah. another thousandth one of the night. Uh, where do you plug your phone in at night? On my bedside table. No. I put it on flight mode. I put it on flight mode. Need to put it into the front room. Uh, coffee or tea? Coffee. Oh. Uh, one album you take to a desert island? Water? That's so boring and practical. One album? Oh, one album. So it's one item. Oh, water's good, though. No. <laughs> if that was an item, it'd be needed. <laughs> one album. Oh, my if I went with the album that I listen to the most it's the deep focus on Spotify and it's all about just focusing so focusing. I'd I probably it. do that it's very tranquil as well so maybe I love it get me through um, the lonely days on yeah you through the lonely days on a desert island uh country you'd visit right now oh um probably Italy love Italy oh a bit cold but who cares oh, oh, who cares the, pasta, the wine the people oh. oh oh my god uh salty or sweet salty nice um and if i was going to be get fired tomorrow it would be for what working too much on the curve <laughs> i'm still working part-time at my old company but uh no if i got fired from the curve it'd probably be uh gosh for I don't know, not taking good enough videos. <laughs> it's also bad. Probably not being not being a good not being um, a good speaker on a podcast because that's 
that's that's our that's our bread and butter and that's what we love to do so. i love it mine would probably yeah. be just stealing out of the administration cupboard oh yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm like just a few more post-its like jane where are all these gone um yeah i love it victoria thank you so much that was awesome thank um and you. i will add your links in show notes um and people can find you on the curve everywhere yes the curve.co.nz or instagram or yeah everywhere. amazing yeah. Thank, Thank you so you. much.